Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, and we are thankful to be here today. We definitely would like to tell you how to plug in with us. Number one, you can go to thehousinghour.com, the new and improved housinghour.com. It is, it is really something. Uh, you were saying something, Mark? It's, I was saying it's an awesome site. Everybody needs to go check it out. And check out Mark's Pinterest as well. He loves to do that. Um, this show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. We'd love for you to go check out migonline.com. Um, and the housing hour is something that, you know, Mark, it's been eight years since we started the show. That's amazing. And that was last month and um, incredible amount of uh, stories that we've told and shared. And over the years, it's been really just an amazing journey. And we hope that the housinghour.com, which is where you can go find out more information about us. Um, and also Mark does uh, birthday parties as well, but you can share our show with friends and family and we're only going to enhance what we're doing. You're, you also had the idea, which I think is a great one, where we're going to have sort of a stories, a written blog stories series, if you will. Um, I think that's a great idea. Right. And right. One, of the, you know, one of the things that we could add to that is like our 1993 storm. Right. You know, because we had a few of those stories come up, right? That's right. So just take some of the things that are personally affected us, mm -hmm. put them into... Last Christmas tree or last Christmas present. Yeah, last Christmas present, which is up it's online up, You got to go check out... But your 9-11 story, yeah. which is always, you know, very moving when, yeah. you, when you read that type of thing. Plus, I think uh, if we can add some type of, uh, uh, you know, read to it. So you do yes. an audio book. Oh, and, I and like post it. it with it. So... That's I, smart. I saw that on New York Times. I, I think that's I a that's great idea. Cool. I think that's a great idea. So in studio with us, we are very excited to have back with us David Manuel. And Manuel is probably not correct because you you said, well, you can say Manuel. But but thank you, David, for coming in. It's really nice to have you. Thanks. In Absolutely. East Tennessee, it's Manuel. <laughs> Manuel. <laughs> but it's really Manuel, right? Or yeah, so, that's, that's the way you would pronounce it. Exactly. So I'm, I'm always correct with my pronunciations. That's not true at all. Um, but we're missing one team member, John, who is also a part of um, the East Tennessee weather page. And the East Tennessee weather page is, is just something we do for fun. And it's literally just an amateur uh, you know, Facebook page, and we may or may not update it. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where it's just, it's just one of those places where we, if there is a big, um, a news story as it relates to weather, um, we, we're probably going to put something out there. Um, and, and winter gets here so quickly. So it, it's one of those, um, very, very seasonal type of Facebook pages, but, um, springtime, you got storms coming in We're, we try to be on top of a little info on that. If you, on the winter weather side of things, we're going to try to be on top of that. But at the, at the heart of all of it is that we are weather fans. Now, you know, I do something daily that has nothing to do with weather. David here also does something daily. It is a real job that does not in, involve weather. Um, and, and Mark as well, um, is a meteorologist. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> but uh, he plays one on TV No, but in, in John, we're just passionate about it, you know? And I remember when I first started working over with Mark, 
it was something that he and I shared, you know, looking when storms were coming mm-hmm. and, um, you know, where our kids going to be out of school and all of that. And, and David, you, um, when, when John and I started the Facebook page, we had ran a little competition where we said, Hey, put in a, put in one of your stories, you know, of your weather experience and you won because I think you were one of the three that was submitted, <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. But yours was very interesting because it had to do with the, uh, was it a tornado or was it, Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it was it was actually a potential tornado moving toward downtown. I happened to have a unique perspective. Uh, I was working downtown at the time yeah. in one of the high-rise buildings, stepped out onto the balcony. And the interesting thing that we noticed was that the the flag on the uh, United St- or Federal Courthouse, mm-hmm. it was blowing one direction as the storms were moving in. And right as this wall cloud approached, it changed 180 degrees the direction, all of the wind was blowing into the storm rather than out. Wow. So we, we had the inflow of the storm at our back. It's, it's interesting. There's two different times in my life I felt that. Because most of the time, if you're standing outside and you hear thunder, see lightning, you feel the wind kick up, it's usually the outflow from the storm where the rain is coming down from the clouds. And of course, it pushes the air down with it. Mm-hmm. And when it hits the ground, it has to go somewhere. So it spreads out. Mm-hmm. And so you'll feel that wind coming from the storm. And of course, as it gets closer, it gets more intense. I hate to say that, but you just now... L- clued me in on something I didn't realize is happening because I felt that the other day. So yeah. Okay. Proceed. My bad. (laughs) But the interesting part to me is when when you can feel the inflow, if you're on in the right part of the storm, you're going to feel the wind, but instead of it being uh, coming down and out from the rain cloud, it's actually the storm sucking the energy into it. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so so when, from your perspective and you had heard the warnings, it was Kind of before the technology, maybe, you know, they had the, as an advanced a warning system. I can't remember when it was, but you, you you saw what was the storm wall, but it never developed into the actual tornado, right? No, no, it passed us over. I don't know what the percentage is of wall clouds that develop into right. tornadoes, but they are precursors. So right. if you're a, a weather watcher, you're a storm spotter, you know how to pick these things out. And when you see those, you... Uh, you really need to start heading for safety immediately yes. because they can drop a tornado at any time. Right. They may not, but you can't take that chance. Yeah. But I snapped a few pictures of it uh, yep. while I was up there and then told the, the rest of the crew. I, I didn't heed my own advice. I stood there and watched it. It's <laughs> <laughs> too well, fascinated by it. And you, um, we get, we, you want a weather uh, uh, machine or something. I don't know, a weather machine. You aren't making weather over there. But <laughs> a it was snow a snow-making <laughs> machine. That's what I'd like. <laughs> that's what I want. It was like a, a weather station, I think, right? Yeah. And that's what you, that's what we, um, that's what, and John was so passionate about it. Bless him. You know, he loves it. And, um, and, and he, he, he really wanted to do that. And I was grateful that he did. And, um, and that's how this all came about. And, and, you know, I was thinking about why is it that weather for me at least is, is so fascinating. And we've talked about this in the past, but, um, just to, you know, go back to what brought us here and what, what brings us here. And I think for me, it's, it's the unpredictability. And I don't mean to throw stones at Matt Hinkin or David Aldridge or any of these great weather people around here. I just mean that you might be sitting here today and something pops up on the model four days from now. And wow, we've got a huge snowstorm that could, you know, it's, it's just so, it's so interesting how, how dynamic the weather is and, and, and how it changes all the time. And even like in your situation, you know, there was a potential of a tornado coming, but you didn't know that until you saw it and felt it, you know? Yeah, that's right. I think with what you're saying with the spontaneity of weather, mm-hmm. 
a lot of times people will go to say the Smoky Mountains and they, they want to see a bear right. in the summertime. Right, right. And you go there knowing that it's there, but you're not sure that you'll see one. Right. And for me, it's the same thing with weather. You see the weather phenomena, yeah. phenomenon, such as a tornado. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't want that to uh, injure anyone or anyone lose their life over it. But it's still fascinating to know that these things exist. And when the conditions are right for that to occur, you want to go see, is this going to happen? I've sent you guys a couple of times when um, a tornado or uh, it's the guy on Periscope. Or I don't remember his name. Jeffrey something. Oh, um, Piotrowski or something like yeah, that. The guy is so bold and very knowledgeable too. He totally understands all of what you just said because he can sense his environment and where he is. And then he's got the Doppler up and, you know, he's he's heading into the storm. Other people are heading away from the storm. But he is intelligent enough with the weather. And you know he loves it. He loves weather. But he knows where to be and what part of the storm to be in. And he goes to hurricanes. He goes to tornadoes. And I always share that with you guys. And, again, you know, some people say, well, why would you want to watch, you know, cars and getting flipped over? And, and, and I just to reiterate what you just said, we don't want to see anybody get hurt. I mean, it's just it's the phenomenon of weather and, and, and what – what the strength of mother nature is and it can really change, change things really quickly. And I think part of it is the fact that um, we love to control everything in our lives. And Mm. this is the one thing that you cannot control. Oh, that's so true. There was, there was reports back in the 2000 elections that president Bush had a weather making machine (laughs) (laughs) and that he was making it rain. (laughs) I think the Russians tried that, didn't they? I think they did. Did they think they tried dumping chemicals in uh, the fifties? It may have been to I prevent so. snow in Moscow. Yeah. You're kidding me. Well, I remember when I used to love, we only have about a minute left in this segment. That's how fast this goes by. But um, when we get back from the break, we're going to talk more about weather. But I remember um, when I used to play uh, football and baseball, any outdoor sport, and I would be so mad that there w- it would be raining. I would say, can't they just get a helicopter and fly it and just push the clouds away? <laughs> you know. It, but you're right. We cannot control the weather. Um, we can't even predict the weather in many cases. <laughs> so, um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that because right now, for instance, I was reading a blog that I, I look at. And there's, there's sort of two schools of thought right now about what the trend's going to be in the coming month or coming weeks even. And, you know, the, the weather models suggest that it's going to get colder. And there's other viewpoints that, no, it's, we think it's going to get warmer. So I want to talk about that phenomenon and how weather modeling works. Um, and, and you always can look back, frankly, on what it was that we saw in 93, because that was such an interesting time for weather modeling. So, guys, stick with us. We're going to hit this message right here with the Housing Hour. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will be right back after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. I'm excited to have you guys in the Housing Hour today. We have in studio with us David Manuel, and he has been kind enough to come on his 
uh, evening here and spend time with us and talk about weather, which I know he likes to do anyway. So it's totally cool. And um, our our other partner, John, is not unfortunately able to uh, be here tonight. John Lindsay, who is the other part of the team, um, we're trying to maybe get him on the phone. So we're we're trying to get him to call the MIG hotline mm-hmm. um, to be able to bring him in. Um, but we were talking uh, a little bit about. Um, well, we we're talking about a lot of things, but we we're talking about weather and weather is really our passion. Um, for me, I've got several passions in my life. I mean, one of the biggest passions that I have is in a relation to business is the internet and how it is that you market on the internet and how it is that you do what you do on the internet and all of that stuff and how you can monetize it and how you can develop it. And that's one of my passions, but another passion unrelated to what I do is weather and the weather systems, how it is that they work, how it is that we predict weather. Um, back in 93, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but back in 93, when we had that massive superstorm of March of 13th, I think it was of 1993, that's right, is that the right date? Yeah, there was, um, weather models had been around, but they, they really had start started coming out with, you know, I think more sophisticated ones. And, you know, um, I think what the story is uh, that it was showing up a big snowstorm. And so there was there was a lot of uh, you know back and forth in the weather community, and it was like oh, 19 inches. That's a lot for East Tennessee, or you know for the Appalachian or whatever. And you know I think they everybody got on board like the day before, or maybe the day of, and maybe nobody fully understood what was about to happen. I don't know that anybody predicted it in advance. But David, why was it so difficult to predict that storm, that particular storm? Like you mentioned, at this point in time, the weather models uh, were not as advanced as they are today, and and even at that, we found right. that right. Uh, the, the, we don't. Are they any better? I don't no, know. I don't think so. <laughs> um, it's just difficult with such a grand scale. There's so many small things that can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone will say, "What if a butterfly flaps its wings in California <laughs> as the storm enters on shore, right. and that changes everything?" It's uh, downstream yeah. of what's going to happen. That does not, you're not literally saying that, right? That's like almost a joke. Butterflies? But, but on a small scale, it right. has to have some effect. Ah, wow. Now, what that effect is, I don't know. Those butterflies are the reasons that it doesn't snow here in East Tennessee, folks. Yeah, what if a flock of birds decides to yeah. fly at a certain spot wow. that causes the uh, wind to change just for a moment? Right. But there's so much speculation, you know, in terms of what does cause weather. And you know, the other thing that I've noticed the, the year since I've, um, and you and John have really helped me to um, see what what to look for in a weather map. And then also, you know, what weather models are, are sort of more reliable. Um, and that's very hard to do as well, because you've got the GFS, you have the NAM, you have, you know, a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. And some of them are better short term in terms of accuracy, some are better long-term, and it's like, wow, I'm so confused. So what do we end up doing? We go to WBIR or WBLTV, or we go to the Weather Channel, and that's fine for most people, right? But when you're looking at, like, back in 93, when those folks were looking at, let's talk, you know, like the National Weather Service, right? So they're looking at their own weather models, and they have to be going, oh, my goodness, you know, do we Paul Revere this thing? Or do we not? You know, there's got to be a lot of consternation in that, right? Yeah. And I think that we, back in that time, and actually, you know, it's still applicable today. A lot of times you can look at the broad scale patterns 
a lot of times I think we're trying to focus too much on the details. Mm-hmm. And, and I see this a lot with frustrations with people with weather forecasts today. I think our expectations are a little off. We would like to know how many millions of raindrops will fall on my driveway tomorrow at 12.52 a.m. Right. And that's not possible. Not possible. Uh, I think there was one scientist who said it's possible to know the weather, but the computing power that we have now, it will take me till next week to tell you what was going to happen two weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of computing power, and we can not we can only measure, maybe the measurements on the weather balloons are measuring in tenths of degrees, but a more accurate hundredths of degree measurement would get us a better model. Right. But then we would have to have more computing power to take that next significant digit in the, the mathematics. That's, that's pretty incredible because even the supercomputer in Oak Ridge, you know, you're saying, I mean, they're not devoting a supercomputer to the National Weather Service, number one, right? I'm I not sure. I know, right. that, I know that they have the computers might be considered supercomputers that run these models, but I don't know right. that, you know, ORNL is doing that there for the one that they have. That, that just in terms of like we have the fastest computer in the world or maybe – Maybe we're still competing with whatever country. But I think we, we did it again. Wait, okay. Well, we're back to number one. To number um, one. And I don't even know what that computer actually does, to be honest. I, I don't know if it's a cause of black hole or something. I don't know. There's something. But regardless of that, you have computers. And so here's what I want to ask you. When a storm comes on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting some preliminary model runs before it hits ground, right? So, you know, to your point, it's you know, weather balloons or, 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 or uh, buoys in the ocean or whatever it is, it's, it's taking algorithms and, and it was taking data and it's using algorithms and it's, it's kind of giving you signals or whatever. Once it hits ground and it starts feeding you, you know, of course you're number one, you're closer to the event, but also it's, it's now on land. Mm-hmm. Does, does that, does that improve the accuracy normally? I don't I've see seen it. it both ways. Me too. That's and, and, I, and I think that there's, it's maybe anecdotal because also when it comes on land, you are in a shorter time frame in a window. Mm-hmm. So is, is the accuracy going up due to the fact that you have better sampling on land or is it just because you're three days out instead of seven days out? Right. That's true. Because Matt Hinkin, I, I, I told you all this story before. Um, I, I don't know what it was, but I just, I was, you know, it was supposed to snow and my kids were asking me about it. At least that's what I tell everybody. I had a spoon in the freezer the whole nine yards, right? Y'all know that's a thing, right? You got to put spoons in the freezer if you want it to snow. So if you didn't know that, that's probably why. I did we not had, know. Okay. So start doing that. Um, but I just, I, you know, I Googled Matt Hinkin's cell phone number or something like that. <laughs> And I literally, I literally got his cell phone number and I called him and and I think I made something up and I was like, oh yeah, my uh, kids are doing a report for school and, uh, and, um, we're just trying to, you know, put this final touch on, you know, weather models. And, uh, you know, the question that we're asking is why are weather models so difficult, um, to, why can't they predict the weather more accurately is basically what I, I was basically trying to find out if it was going to snow the next few days, (laughs) but he said, you know, he said, he said, listen, he said, and and I'm, I'm ad living a little with it because he, he was actually on our show, if you recall. Um, and that, I think I told him that story. I can't remember, but, um, he, he basically said within 72 hours, you're going to have about a 75% accuracy rate on the event. So, What's 75%? Well, if they say it's going to snow an inch, right, in, in North Knox County, it gets an inch. 
But in South Knoxville, you got nothing. Technically, they were still right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they said that Knox County was going to get an inch. Some places, a little bit more than others. So there, back to your point, there's got to be a little bit of you know elasticity to the to the weather report. Snowfall forecasts are so difficult because you have to be precise. Mm-hmm. The rest of the forecasts in the summer, they'll say that uh, there will be storms today, and, and they'll give a time frame, and it's right. usually correct. And if they say that there's going to be an inch of rain, you won't notice a different impact in your life if it's an inch or an inch and a half right. in most cases. Right. Yeah. But when it's a snowfall event, the difference between a tenth of an inch and two tenths of an inch of precipitation of, of QDP, or yes, of, of of yeah, of water precipitation mm-hmm. can mean the difference between one, two, five inches of snow. Yeah. And so the accuracy has to be so much more on point more accurate <laughs> for those events and we're just not there. Yeah. And so I think that's the frustration people get and they say weatherman doesn't ever know what's going on. And Only it's the- job in America <laughs> where you can be wrong 90% of the time, you know, you hear yes, all those people yes. stories. And I mean, for me, when I last year, I guess it was, you know, and every year we'll, we'll have it again because us three and John are in this group. I think we call it Weather Nuts, I think. <laughs> and it's just us three. or us Aptly four, named. Uh, us four. <laughs> and, you know, we all go back and forth and back and forth. And, um, you know, Mark had the joke last year where I think you said, it's going to be a dusting or something like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, all of us were saying, no, it's going to be three to four inches. We're pretty much guaranteed. But we never go public with that unless we have, you know, real – good feeling about, about five it. minutes before it happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but then, you know, we all were, you know, Oh, it's two to three inches. And then it was, we're going to get one to two inches. And then it was, yeah, Mark was right. It's going to be a dusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I just don't know how important it is. Like you said, I mean, you know, uh, superintendents and, and people who, you know, have to, you know, be able to help with the safety of our kids and, and, and the whole, ecosystem they've they've got to know within a certain degree or two of of when it's going to snow and how much it's going to snow because if not it could cause some pretty big issues um and we're going to continue talking about all of this information and uh david's with us mark is with us and john might be with us after a while but we're going to continue this conversation right here on the housing hour we will be right back Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you guys for joining us. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. You can go to MIGonline.com and learn more. We have offices all the way from the Tri-Cities to Memphis and everywhere in between. You can reach us at MIGonline.com. Find the location nearest you definitely would appreciate you visiting our site and giving uh, giving us a look. Um, the housing hour here today is uh, we're talking about weather and we're talking about everything that there is about weather. And we were, we were talking about weather models. We were talking about our passions about weather. We were talking about um, why is it that weather models are sometimes accurate, sometimes not accurate. We were talking about Matt Hinkin and how I called him up and, you know, and that was fun. And we ended up having Matt on the show, which was great. I appreciated him doing that. And we were uh, also off air while we were going between breaks. We were talking about this 
story that um, I had found, and, and I'll just read you guys the headlines, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But it was from uh, a, a website. I don't frequent this website very often, but it's it's called MLive. So MLive.com, if you go there, MLive.com slash weather, um, they do have some weather um, information and, and some people that discuss weather. They've had 564 shares of this story uh, within the last eight hours. So there's definitely some people, and I've been to this site before. They definitely like their weather. Um, but what the strength of the, in matter of fact, can we put this up on, do you mind us putting this up? We can be too. Uh, we can put this up on the housinghour.com on the post, but it, it's two conflicting viewpoints really is what it comes down to. And it talks about how the best computer models are forecasting, you know, some very cold air coming, but then there's other forecasters that are suggesting, no, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, can you just talk surface level, you know, but no pun intended, a little bit about this this whole quandary of, of why there's some differences? It's not uncommon for the models at longer range to be at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things that we look for in confidence for a forecast mm-hmm. is, is do the models agree? Right. If they're in agreement with each other, then we have more, more confidence. That's, that's pretty, pretty common sense. You don't really have to have your meteorological degree to understand that concept. <laughs> right. But... Um, what happens when they don't agree? And, that, and that's where there's much consternation over which one's correct. Historically, a lot of people like the Euro model, mm-hmm. but it, it's not always right. Sometimes right. the GFS wins, sometimes the Euro. So you have to really take experience. And this is where a meteorologist with experience can, can look at it and say, well, I remember a set of conditions like this that happened at a certain time, and this is what happened then. It's potential that this same scenario will exist at this time and will happen the same way. I love those kind of things because that always, I remember I've, uh, Henry Margasetti, he has great guy up from Penn state area, but he has this, had this weather blog that he wrote and he still does it actually, but he worked for AccuWeather, but he had this Facebook group and I was always there because people were sharing, you know, weather stories and they were saying, no, this is setting up for something more than you guys think. And it was that anticipation. It was like, it's going to be bigger than what they say, you know? So I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to just interject that. No, you're right. And in this particular case, looking at the article, I will note that a couple of guys that I, I got blogs that I read, we've been noticing that the pattern for the last probably six weeks has been advertised warmth mm-hmm. in the long range, but by the time it gets here, it's colder. Wow. You could go back and look at some of the projections on the models in October for November. We thought it was going to be really warm, mm-hmm. and it hasn't turned out that way. So in looking at this particular article, I would put some stock into the fact that this warm-up may not happen at least as much as advertised. Interesting, because then you, you think about you have, this is where it goes back to the human intelligence piece of it, because the article is suggesting that the weather models are saying a warm-up, but then there's also, there's Pete, I'm sorry, opposite of that. Um, the weather models are suggesting that, now, I don't think we're going to have a warm-up, but there's humans, and that's what it's saying, that are suggesting, well, there's some other factors here. So it's just so interesting to me that two people or, or, or a computer model and then a person that we're looking at some of the same facts, but we come to different conclusions. That's, where I, that's one of the things I love about weather. You just don't know. You know, there's some things you can learn, but there's some other things that you just have to wait and see. Yeah, and it, it feels really good when yours is the right, right. conclusion. <laughs> Which is not always the case, you know. Um, so when you look at some of what's going to be happening in December, David, um, 
uh, and I'll ask you too, Mark, because you'll say flurries. Um, but <laughs> but when you look at what's coming, um, and and based upon just kind of what the general consensus consensus is consensus, that's not even the right word. Um, what do you think is going to happen? What's the David weather prediction for this coming four weeks? We've been rather cool in November, mm-hmm. uh, probably more so than was expected. And I don't think we can hang on to that, to that for too long. Mm-hmm. So my guess is we're going to see a warm-up somewhere. Yeah. Probably maybe second week of – going second to third week of December. Yeah. Just looking at some of the long-range models. Again, they can fool us. Right. Seems to look like we might have a warm-up there and then cool back down again. Now, do you think that's the government warming it up so people can shop <laughs> and spend money? And then, you know, once it We're going good. back to that concept of the government <laughs> intervening in the weather, well, possibly they so. They would have ended that snowstorm out in Colorado, if that's oh, the case. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Oh, that's right. I wanted to talk about some of that stuff, too. But real quick before we move on, the other thing I noticed when I was looking at this particular pattern, um, when you look at the uh, animated weather models, for instance, and you see these different colors, you know, I always, you know, I really would love to look at a snow map but you don't always get those, right? Right. So mo- a lot of times, for instance, the Euro model or, or the GFS model, it, it depends on which one you choose. And if you're out there and you're interested in weather, and you may or may not know this, but there are some different free weather model sites that you can go to, right? So That's correct. So do you have a couple that you could sure. suggest? Pivotalweather.com. Pivotalweather.com. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I think they just put the free Euro on there. Oh, nice. Does yep. it have a snow map? Uh, I'm not sure if it has snow See, map or not. See, smart weather people just can figure that out, but I, I like for it to say, you're going to get two inches. <laughs> and so, so pivotalweather.com. Pivotalweather, weather.us. Both of those have uh, GFS, Euro, NAM, some German, Canadian, all the models you would like to see. Well, let's talk about that real quick. You said the German, the, the German, the Euro, and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not that hard to understand because – you have people in America who have created, whether that be at Penn State or you have people at different places that created what are the go-tos, like the GFS. Is that an American model? Yes. And then the NAM, it's the NAM North American. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two. One, the, the GFS is a long-term That's look right. at the weather. So it's taking in uh, more long-term data, and their algorithm is, is, I guess, adjusted as such so that – it understands more of the long term. A NAM, its sweet spot is what would you say five to seven days or it's three less to than five? that. Eighty four yeah. hours is the eighty four uh, hours is the max. And this is where experience with each model, knowing what it tends to do wrong, yeah, you want that in, in your back pocket. Right. The NAM right. tends to overdo precipitation at the end of its run. Mm. So when you see these big snow maps between seventy and eighty four hours, you can almost guarantee that it had too much precipitation. <laughs> but then when you see that inside of 50 hours, you can say, okay, now I might start to believe it. Yeah. Well, you have to hold your cards close to your vest too, because, and I'm talking about David over here, because you've been right a couple of times, like good, like spot on. And then a couple other times, like, like I took the, uh, John Gerard did them, you know, that took him out of school <laughs> or whatever. And then it just doesn't happen, but it's not your fault. I mean, we were all, we all were saying it. Um, you can know with every bit of assurance in your heart and then it just not happened. Right. That's right. And it's happened to me the other way too, where it's like, no, nah, I just don't feel it. And then you wake up and it's like three inches and you're like, where'd this come from? Those you are the know? best ones. I know. And that's the way it happens. Is there any, is there any um, proof or evidence that snowstorms that, 
that come from the south upwards into the valley produce more snowfall than like the wraparound or what do they call the clippers? Yes, actually there is. We tend, in fact, this past week, uh, yesterday, we had a northwest flow event. Yeah, the horseshoe effect. And the valley doesn't do well in, in those types. Mm-hmm. We get the, I think we've talked about this before, uh, we get the disadvantage of the plateau mm-hmm. uh, causing the, the air to be sinking as it comes over over the valley, and that ends up drying out some or even t- causing the temperatures to heat up rather than cool down like they should. Yeah. So northwest flow normally doesn't do well for us. The Gulf of Mexico storm track is the coveted 1993 storm yeah. track. That's one thing like like Mark, back when I used to work at GNC, if anybody asked me what anything was, I would always say that, oh, that's a antioxidant and it scavenges for free radicals. And I didn't know what I was saying. So Mark, you always use that Gulf moisture um, uh, articulate that, and it makes you sound like you know what you're talking about. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you can always see when the <laughs> low pressure is formed or a double low under in the Gulf. That's what Margie Eisen used to talk about all the time. <laughs> and it and it gets the moisture from the Gulf, and it just keeps pulling that moisture up, right? Absolutely, it comes right up into the valley. And if you got cold air in place, that's what you got to bank on. If you got cold air, see, Mark does know what he's talking about. I'm the one that doesn't know what I'm talking about. But Margie Eisen, yeah, Margie. Uh, but I tell you what, always got us out of school was those little northern clippers they come down yes you're uh, right and about an inch you know it doesn't have to snow much to mm-hmm. get you out of school about an inch inch and a half and it's gone nowadays they're looking to give kids the because we'd have had so few yeah. you know snow days and i've noticed it with my kids um that if it, there's a hint of snow up oh, canceled snow yeah. snow we're not we're not having school guys stick around with us we have one more segment right here on the housing hour we'll be right back after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray here from MIG Studios. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, it's been a very fun hour with David Manuel, our resident expert uh, weather reporter slash whatever else he yeah. is. He knows a little bit about everything and uh, appreciate you, Mark, as well. Um, and John, who was not able to be on the show today, uh, but he is a part of our team as well. We hope that next time he'll definitely be here um, to join us. And, and we, we were trying to get him. Maybe he'll be on the bonus part of our show because we'd love for you guys to transition with us to the bonus um, side of our, th- our show. That's going to be a podcast and it will be also on our website. So you can go locate that. Is that how we'll do it? And yeah. The housing hour.com. Cause yeah. after this show airs, yeah. we're going to have bonus material available yes. uh, on this one with David, yeah, with David. He's so stick around. So stick around with us, come back and, and check us out. So uh, we were talking a little bit off air um, before the show and, and after that last segment about certain storms and um, you know, the one that sticks out to me, just the biggest one was in 93, of course, you know, uh, it was so awesome. And it's really what made me fall in love with like snowstorms in general. Um, I love snow before that, but that was really the moment where I said, when I saw the snow drifts of six feet and, you know, it was just incredible. Um, you know, got stuck at our home, electricity went out, uh, had a friends over for three, four, five days, 
uh, found out that um, there is such a thing as cabin fever. Uh, you know, uh, my mom was was going stir crazy. Her friend Bill Cross actually came over with his four wheel drive vehicle and brought it and went over to Pat's house um, over in British Woods. And so they were fine. I think I ended up in Oak Ridge sledding with Pat Jordan. No kidding. <laughs> I think I did. That must have been after she spent some time with mom. Yeah. Um, but and also we had thunder snow in that night. We had thunder snow. Yes. yes. That's true. Yes. Have you? Has anybody here ever heard thunder snow? I can't say I have. In '93. But do you no. remember it? Yes, I do. I do I remember do. And, it. And it was yes. lightning too. But you guys are a lot older than me. I saw though, so. lightning. Um, <laughs> you didn't catch that. Yeah. I said you guys are a lot older than me. <laughs> but but I was. I I don't know what was I was. I was. Oh, see here. I can't. Let me think in my head. Yeah, I was 93. I was born in 76. What does that make me? <laughs> I don't know how old. 17? <laughs> I don't know. But You're older than me. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, there we oh. go. Oh. oh. Um, but the storm just was one of those things where it it surpassed all understanding. And Mark, you were telling me about a storm that sort of jumped up on you. It was the ice storm in 83 yeah. where there was just the perfect... Uh, conditions just met at once and caused a pretty dangerous situation. It really does. I mean, you know, what happens is if you get cold air that stays into the valley Mm -hmm. and freezes everything for several days, and that's what happened in in December of, you know, right around Christmas time, uh, uh, 26th of December, 1983, and it was below temperatures. It never got above warming, maybe one day out of the two weeks. And on December 27th, all the weather forecasters said, hey, there's warm coming out of the Gulf. Mm-hmm. All the wetness is coming. It's bringing some warmth, and it's going to rain. And so we all believed that. Mm-hmm. And so we went to work. But what happened was the, the cold stayed in place. The weather was still warm up top at the upper level. It rained, but it sleeted. So by the time it got down into the cold layer, it just put a sheet of ice. So I thought you were abs- about to say something else. No, it was icy. <laughs> icy. And uh, so try, trying to get home. Now this to, was you. You told me this, and I didn't remember mm-hmm. it. The bridge was already built, the Solway Bridge. The, the new Solway Solway Bridge has been there. Yeah, right. so it was there, and we were coming. Uh, I was trying to get home, and got stuck. It couldn't get. It was couldn't go any further. Mm-hmm. It was like glass. Yeah, the, the ice was ice, completely ice storm smooth. Is the the most dangerous? Would you agree as far as weather goes? I mean, beyond I'm not talking about tornadoes and all that, but as far as the winter, winter weather, weather. Yeah. yes, ice storms are definitely dangerous. You really can't get much traction. Out of those. But what we did is a couple of uh, the girls that I knew on on the road, hey, Griff, they called out to me and I went over he to them. He was the ladies' man. And, and <laughs> they were my age. They are friends of ours. I said, we need to get out of here. And so all they brought with them is, of course, their winter jackets and a wine in a box. They had a wine in a box in their car. <laughs> and so what are we going to do? I said, we're going to get across that bridge. and But it was too slick. They were in high heels. I set their butts down on the wine box and yeah. pushed them across the bridge, <laughs> both of them. And we got across, and we made it to and they were in Solway Baptist Church in they, high heels. They were in high, high heels. heels. Yeah. So you guys showed up at the Solway Baptist Church with – High heels on and also wine, a, a box of wine. We left the wine in the box underneath <laughs> their bushes in the front. <laughs> I can just but see But they the... kept their D- Dixie cups just in case they needed God. to go out and get us some. Did you go retrieve it after the ice had melted? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can just see the pastor now. Well, come on. Wait, what? Wait, now, what? hold What's on. That's not that pastor <laughs> preached all night long. We got in there about four, five o'clock in the afternoon. He Wait went. a minute. You got stuck there? We were stuck there. The whole night? Until 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock the next day. Oh, I did not know that. You didn't finish that story. Are you serious? Serious. I'm, anyway, I was going to post it on the blog, so look for the housing hour. The whole story, plus the sad part of the story, is killed. It, 
who was responsible for the death of my boss. He was 70 years old, Greg Gregoriev. He, he well, that, owned Gilco Realty in Oak Ridge. That took the mood down a notch. And, and he broke That's his terrible. hip. terrible. He, he broke his hip, his... And, and his wife was trying to reach me, and yeah. I was stuck at Solway, and she, she was desperately calling See, my parents. So, I was yeah, just looking bad. for the Lionel Richie song to play. I am absolutely not anymore. Because that was going to be all night long, Lionel Richie. All but now, after you, but after you said that, this isn't the after show yet. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> but so, so for me, it was the '93 storm. Yeah. For you, it was the '83 storm. I would say it probably yours. I mean, you had other situations other than the one that you experienced downtown, right? Yeah, '93 storm. Yeah, I love snow. You know, I like the uh, severe weather stuff too. But yeah. snow takes the cake. Yeah. So. Do you, does your kids, do you, cause you have young kids, right? Mm-hmm, um, you're, you have one, it's one and a half. Yeah, she's almost one and a half and, and a three year old. So, I mean, and the one and a half is, you know, probably not ever seen a good snow, nor has the three year old, frankly. Um, and I remember back when we first started the Facebook page, we had some big snows. I mean, even within the last four or five years we had in 2016, maybe or so, or 15, I can't remember. Um, there was that uh, Valentine snow that we had. I don't remember what year that was, but you know, seven, eight inches that we got. You know, and but we we just have struck out the last two years, yeah, wouldn't we you say? Have. Yes. So, what is your bold prediction for now? We know what John said. He wanted us to pass on that. He said it was going to snow twenty to twenty-seven inches <laughs> over this winter. No, I'm just see, that's, that's what just you before get. Christmas. It's just before Christmas. No, but he he said I think eleven inches, which I thought was very aggressive. Yeah, I think the average for the area, if you're considering Knoxville, yeah, somewhere around six to seven inches, I think. Right now, what is your prediction? Flurries. <laughs> that was probably the one that would not bust. Flurries. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. We talk about... Are we uh, El Nino or El Nino? We're actually moving into a weak El Nino. Okay. So that's probably a, a more favorable pattern than last year. Mm-hmm. Not to digress too much, but we... Last year was really strange. We've digressed the modeling. a lot. <laughs> in the, in just that, it, was, it was strange because we were moving into El Nino but the atmosphere and the ocean weren't coupled. Mm. So it didn't, the weather didn't act like El Nino. Yeah. This year they're coupled together. So hopefully oh. we'll, we'll be able to say, here's what you expect during a week El Nino. And yes. it happened last year. It was just too crazy. Well, and more moisture is usually in place with a week El Nino, right? Right. If it's too listen, strong, listen to me. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. If, if we eat, if the El Nino is too strong, then we get too much warmth, mm-hmm, too much warmth. You want it to be just right. Like the porridge. Right, you need just a, you need enough cold air. You had mentioned that earlier, and if you can, and that's the thing about the valley, which is the greatest part of the valley, because you're very isolated and protected from you know certain weather events. That's probably why General Leslie Groves chose Oak Ridge, because uh, or you know in this the valley to build part of the atomic bomb. Um, but it also really, I mean, it's got to be the most difficult place to to predict weather. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that we focus a lot in, in this area. We, we've, like you said, the valley, you just can't predict it very well. And we focus too much on, is it going to be a cold winter? Mm-hmm. And people the persimmon, see... The persimmon seeds say it's going to be... Really what do the woolly worms say? Uh, it's a lot of snow. A lot, a lot of, snow. of snow, yeah. yeah. I don't think we... We don't need tons of cold. Right. We just need an event where some cold and some moisture mm-hmm. come together at the right time and right spot. Right. And I think in 19... 19- uh, 38, when we, oh last time boy. we went to the Rose Bowl. Oh boy. Oh, were you there? 
No, <laughs> no, but I did read my mother's diary, oh. and it snowed like I think a record snow back in in that period That's of time. That's cool. Or, and it was thirty nine degrees, so oh, to yeah. your to your warmth. Actually, in the Don't after hour, cold. I think in the after show, I think I do want to talk about that because, you know, you think you talk about, oh, it's, you know, somebody said it was snowing and I'm like, it's 40 degrees, you know, but really it can do that. Don't, don't share yet. Cause okay. if yeah. you want that, you're going to have to go to the housinghour.com yeah. and you'll have to listen to the after show, the bonus, segment. the bonus segment. Cause we'll talk a little bit about that. And why is it that sometimes the, the radar shows that it's snowing, but you go outside and it's not snowing. So we're going to talk about that as well. So if you want to learn more about those two things, um, you'll need to go to the housinghour.com and go to our, our bonus coverage with David Manuel. Um, and you can find that on the housinghour.com. And, and the Facebook page for the weather Facebook, fans. Yes. Oh, as well as the, the it is the uh, weather page is the East Tennessee weather page. And that's where you can find more about us and how we um, post regularly um, and more about all of the, the cool stuff that we're doing and will do. There's a lot of great information and we've, we've surpassed like 5,000 uh, uh, likes, which I think yeah. is pretty incredible. Um, so guys join us here. Definitely want to hook up with us on the after show. I want to thank Mark very much for putting this all together and guys, we'll see you next time right here on the housing hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.